Tuesday Cafe. I'm Sean Canaan, and we are broadcasting live on February 20th from the studios of WMNF in Tampa. Today, we continue our look at the 2024 elections. We're going to hear from four candidates running for school board in Hillsborough County. The election isn't till August, but we're bringing you this forum now, courtesy of Tampa Tiger Bay Club. Perhaps you heard WMNF's Chris Young's summary of it on Friday. Thanks to him for recording this whole event. So today we're going to hear from candidates in two races, and we'll get to the other races later in the year. The District 1 incumbent that we're going to hear from is Nadia Combs, and she's being challenged by Julie McGill. The District 3 incumbent is Jessica Vaughn, and she has two challengers. We're going to hear today from Angela Pimento-Fullwood, and Bonnie Lambert is the other challenger. She was invited but did not attend because she was sick. And this hour, I'd like to hear from you. I want to know if you have decided who you're voting for or what education issues are important to you when you make your decision about voting for school board members. The best way to get in touch with me this morning is dj at wmnf.org. If you want to email us, you can text 813-433-0885 and make sure that you sign your name on that. This is Tuesday Cafe and we're broadcasting from WMNF Tampa. Well, let's hear this first clip and the four candidates are going to introduce yourselves. Again, this is Tuesday Cafe broadcasting from WMNF in Tampa. Hello, everyone. My name is Nadia Combs. I'm a lifelong educator and a business leader. I graduated from the University of South Florida with an undergraduate degree in education and a master's degree in educational leadership. I started my career by teaching in the public school system in Japan. I then returned to Tampa, where I taught in Hillsborough County. I was a teacher, department head, trainer, curriculum writer, and I was recognized as Social Studies District Teacher of the Year. I started two educational businesses, a large business where I had after-school tutoring in 16 districts in the state of Florida, and then I also had a local tutoring center that I owned for nine years. I ran for the board because of my love for children, and I wanted to bring my experience to make a difference in the lives of our students and our community. As an experienced board member, I've served two terms as a board chair and led through financial challenges and helped maintain stability through two superintendents. I look forward to sharing about the programs that I've worked on during my tenure to positively impact Hillsborough County. Hi everyone, my name is Jessica Vaughn. For anybody who doesn't know me, I am Vice Chair of the Hillsborough County School Board and I represent District 3. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I graduated in 2010 from the University of South Florida with my degree in elementary education. Keep, still keep my teaching certificate. Um, I went on to be in the classroom less than a year and had my amazing son um, in 2012 and actually started substitute teaching and substituted all the way up into the election because I absolutely love it. I got to be the media specialist, PE coach, music teacher, so I got to see all facets of education. Um, then after um, my son was born and I was substitute teaching, I also started doing community organizing um, and headed several uh, civic associations and um, also started the Progressive Caucus here. Then I went on to be elected to my CDD board, where I managed a $5 million budget and really engaged with my community, and then decided to run uh, for school board, which I think my time is up. So I look forward to sharing more later. Greetings. My name is Angela Pimento-Fullwood. 
I am a fourth generation educator who's recently retired after serving Hillsborough County Public School students for 35 years. Yes, all 35 are right here. I am running because students deserve more. Teachers deserve support. And this district deserves better. As your next school board member, I promise to use my vast skills and experiences to cultivate an ecosystem where families, teachers, and the community will connect, convene, and collaborate. I promise to learn. I promise to listen. Because here, my team, we are sharpening minds and shaping futures. Thank you. Good afternoon, my name is Julie McGill. I'm a Tampa native. I attended public schools. My children attended public schools and my grandchildren are attending public schools. I have a great concern when I notice what the board has been doing lately. Um, they're not making decisions in the best interest of our children. Um, I've also looked at the budget. Uh, let me give you my background. I'm a real estate broker and a general contractor, so I stare at contracts all day long. Um, and when I'm looking at the budget, I see absolutely no transparency. I would like to know, and I'm sure you would also, where our taxpayer dollars are actually going to that budget, what that money is being spent on. Because obviously when our kids, 70% of our kids are at a 50% grade level or lower, there's an issue, there's a problem, and I intend to get on the board and solve it. Well, those were four of the district, four of the candidates for Hillsborough County School Board. We heard from District 1 challenger Julie McGill right there. And before her was District 3 challenger Angela Pimento-Fullwood and District 3 incumbent Jessica Vaughn and District 1 incumbent Nadia Combs. So we're going to hear more from them as we go throughout the show today. This is Tuesday Cafe. We're broadcasting from the studios of WMNF in Tampa. I'm Sean Canan, and I'd like to hear from you about these races. Do you know who you're voting for or what education Issues are important to you. When you make your decision about voting for school board members, you can text us at 813-433-0885. Make sure that you put your name and uh, where you are writing from if you do text us and email us at dj at wmnf.org. Next up, we're going to hear the candidates' takes on things like the Florida legislature. And first, they were asked about their biggest challenge as a school board we will hear first from Nadia Combs. This is Tuesday Cafe on WMNF Tampa. I think that probably the biggest challenge is the funding in public education in the state of Florida. Just today I saw in Channel Fox 13 News where it said that we are actually ranked 50th for our teachers. And because of that, there's a shortage of teachers. We're losing administrators. So I think that's the biggest challenge is the funding. When you look at private schools, I owned a tutoring center where I had students go into private public schools. And to go into a, a Berkeley's 34,000, Tampa Catholic is 20,000. We're getting funded 8,500 and the needs are really so high. So being at the very bottom of funding and trying to not only recruit but maintain teachers and people can't live in, in Tampa and actually teach here. When I was a teacher, I was a young teacher. I lived in Bayshore. I actually was able to go on vacations. Now teachers are unable to live independently and that's a really big challenge. We need to invest in our most important asset and that's our students. 
That was Nadia. I couldn't Combs. agree more. This is the biggest Vaughan. challenge that we're going to be facing is the total attack on traditional public education, defunding it, culture wars that are driving our teachers out of the classroom, the fact that we cannot pay a livable wage and that we're losing teachers to other counties who can offer things, supporting our teachers in the classroom, and not just our teachers, but all of our employees. Um, so, you know, just being able to be successful under the attack on traditional public education is the number one challenge. And I I think that it's not just a partisan issue, public education. Everybody knows that public education is not only the bedrock of our community, it's the foundation of democracy, and it is the very basis of the American dream. And equal access to a public quality education is the thing that will bring our society to where it needs to be. So making sure we have people who not only utilize public education, but support public education and are there to fight for it to make sure it's as strong as it can be is the biggest challenge we're going to be facing. Thank you. That was Jessica Vaughn, the incumbent in District 3. Here's her challenger, Angela Pimento-Fullwood. I could not agree more with funding. And funding is a direct connection to the reason why we have a teacher shortage here in Hillsborough County Public Schools. We have over 400 still vacant openings for teachers here, but we have to look at, I will look at the reasons why teacher retention. First, it's going to be crucial to find out what those factors are. Is it pay? Is it teacher pay? Is it, is it um, professional development? Is it workload? Is it just simply not being happy in your job? We have to support our teachers, provide um, professional development, make sure we have plans in place to help de develop them. To uh, Schools should have opportunity to have school improvement plans, behavior management plans, safety plans. All of that comes into play. And is it funding? I believe the biggest challenge right now is our schools are not on an equal playing field. This is we Julie McGill. We have schools being closed because they're in maybe an impoverished neighborhood. And we need our children, every one of our children, to be in a school that they can be proud of. And every school needs to have the same opportunities. And that is not happening right now. We have schools that I visited that do not have the necessary materials that you would find in a affluent neighborhood. So when we can get that under control, then we need to talk about parent involvement. And once you have quality schools, I believe that teachers, you will be able to get better teachers in those schools. Some of those schools are, are frankly scary and, and teachers not going to want to be there. Get parent involvement, get community involvement. Again, look at the budget. We do need to pay our teachers better. And I believe there's plenty of room in that budget to make that happen. Good afternoon. I'm Kathy Betancourt, and thank you for running for this office. It's probably the most important one in our community to be on our school board. Our Constitution creates a system of school boards, 67 school boards, yet we also have a Florida legislature. And right now, the Florida legislature has some definite ideas about what should be happening in our public schools. I would like to know what you think the relationship should be between the legislature and our local school board, and what would you say to our members to make that happen? 
Julian okay, Gill so answers first. Okay, so legislature is coming down to the superintendent of schools. Um, the superintendent would probably uh, need to explain to Tallahassee what's going on in certain districts. With our district, of course, we know that uh, the schools are not performing at, uh, in getting our kids at the grade level they need to be. Um, and then the superintendent would distribute that information to the board members. Board members need to have a discussion, agree to disagree, and come to reasonable conclusions on this. So that would be my answer to that. I definitely see there is a legislative overreach. This is Angela Pimento Fullwood. Public school system. From increased funding to private and charter schools to changes in how long a board member will serve to book banning. All of these are overreach. Legislation should create the laws and allow for school boards to take what the laws are and create policies and procedures that best fit the county in which they serve, which they know, which they understand, and which we love. Thank you. That was Angela Pimento Fullwood. This is Jessica Vaughn. Thank you. Um, I couldn't agree more. You know, there's a term home rule that allows municipalities to be reflective and support their community. Um, as a, an elected official, my job is to represent my district. And I can't do that if someone who sits in Tallahassee, who's very disconnected from my community and what our needs are, are setting all of the rules and regulations for the classroom down to where teachers feel like they have almost no autonomy and they're afraid to teach the curriculum because it might violate some state statute. Um, so I believe in keeping home rule. There's a reason we have home rule. Trust the people elected in a community to make the decisions that best reflects their community and get more voices. You know, I go up to Tallahassee. We have a legislative platform. We talk to legislators every single year and they're not listening to our students, to our educators and to our community members. My time's up. That was Jessica Vaughn. This is Nadia Combs. I, I think it's very important that school boards remain nonpartisan. Sh children should not be part of politics. I think students are being used as pawns. They really are. And I think it's important to have local control. Whoever we decide as a different, every, every one of our districts is very different. We are very different than Clay County or Escambia County or even Polk and Pasco County. It's very important we have local control. This is what democracy is all about. Americans voting for who they believe in their local party. And I think the chaos that's happening with students is really taking away from the issue of funding. As we talk about books and everything like that, we don't talk about the massive numbers of teachers that aren't here. We don't talk about parents not being involved. We don't talk about issues that are affecting us. I lived in Asia for many years, and I will tell you, in Asia and Europe, that is a priority. Education is a priority. Making sure that students have opportunities is a priority. Instead, we're looking at one thing, and as, in the meantime, we're really losing the sight of what's important, and that's our students. That was Nadia Combs. The Incumbent in District 1 in the Hillsborough County School Board, 
Her opponent is Julie McGill, who we heard from. We also heard from the incumbent Jessica Vaughn in District 3 and one of her opponents, Angela Pimento-Fullwood. This is Tuesday Cafe. We're broadcasting from the studios of WMNF Tampa. I'm Sean Canan, and I'd like to hear from you about these Hillsborough school board races. Do you know who you're voting for? Or if you don't live in Hillsborough, maybe what issues uh, in education are important to you when you make your decision about who you will vote for for your school board members? You can text us at 813-433-0885, or you can email dj at wmnf.org. The next couple of questions are about some culture war issues like banning books in schools and also the the teaching or not teaching of critical race theory in Florida schools. So here are the candidates. We're going to begin with Julie McGill. Again, this is WMNF Tampa's Tuesday Cafe. I'm Sean Canan. Here's more of the Hillsborough County School Board candidates. Good afternoon, Bishop Michelle B. Patty. My question is, if you support banning school books, could you tell me why? And if you don't support banning school books, tell us why not. Julie McGill answers first. Can you tell me what bang school books are? Ban. Ban. Banning. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> yes. I do not support having any of these banned books in a school that contain pornography. I am not talking about banning the Bible or classic literature. I am simply talking about straight up pornography does not belong in any school classroom. Also, um, the book committees, uh, I attended one and it's run by a bunch of teachers and it's usually a high school student or at least it was when I was there. And I don't think that a high school student should be on a book committee um, with a union leader sitting across the, the aisle. That was a little unnerving. I don't think that's a, a proper book committee. Um, needs to be, this needs to be completely revamped and discussed and talked about. Thank you. That was Julie McGill. I would say balancing free speech and age-appropriate content is a delicate dance. I do not support book banning. I will say that. Angela Pimento-Fullwood. I would rather trust but verify. So when I mean that is I, I trust that the educators that we have in our schools curate content that is appropriate for our students. If there are maybe unofficial um, nuances that a parent feels that um, a kindergartner is grabbing hold of content that is for a high schooler, then there are processes right now in place for, uh, uh, for you to d- review that book. If in the end that book is found not appropriate, then take the necessary steps. But if so, don't huff and puff at the school board meeting and upset that that, was, that book was not banned. Instead, make a flag for your child so that your child does not have access to that book, but my child can. Thank you. 
That was Angela Pimento-Fullwood. This is Jessica Thank Vaughn. Thank you. Um, in the true vein of parental rights, I am not for book banning. Um, and let's just be clear, no one wants pornography in our, in our classrooms. We don't have pornography in our classrooms. Pornography... <laughs> Pornography is when a writer's intent is to elicit a certain feeling. There may be sexual content that some people feel uncomfortable with, but that does not market pornography unless the writer's intent is to arouse. So, do I think that there is sexual content in our schools that maybe we should be able to look at? Absolutely, and we have a very strong process for that. But if it brings value to the children, or educators see value in it because it highlights an uncomfortable situation that kids can find themselves in or relate to, I stand behind it. And parents should have the right to decide if their children want access to books in our libraries. When you take a book out, you deny it to every other single parent. We have places set up, we have systems set up so if you're a parent and you don't want your child to have access to a book, you can take that access away and your child will never access it. However, you should not have the right to take that away from other parents who might want their children to have right to that book. That was Jessica Vaughn and coming up is Nadia Combs. Nobody wants profanity in front of children, pornography or you know, anything inappropriate. But at the end of the day, we have all of our librarians are master's degree teachers who work in our schools, who work with the community, and they weed out, the cl weed out books that might be inappropriate. At the end of the day also, there's a process that other districts around the state are asking for us. We're not a district that's taking out thesaurus and dictionaries, and that's a fact. Escambia County has taken out thousands of books. We're not that district. We have a program and a situation where it goes through three committees, and then after that, it goes to the school board. There's a process, but when you look at it, you're seeing one or two or three parents are the only parents who are challenging those books. And most of those parents are not even in the schools. They're basically across the district or in another part of the state, and they're, and they're challenging the books. There's a process. We live in America. We don't live in a fascist country where people just take something out without having a process. So if there's a process, we need to maintain that. And that's why we don't have any lawsuits in Hillsborough County compared to other districts, because we do maintain a process. Thank you. And in the interest of fairness, we're going to start with Ms. Vaughn to mix it up a little bit. So she has to go first. Answer, here's our next question. Okay. Hi, Angela Birdsong, Democratic Black Caucus. I would like to know everyone's feeling on teaching black history in schools, including slavery and your definition of critical race theory. Well, thank you for the question. Um, I'm not sure quite how to define critical race theory because I've seen people who are against it who can't even define it. But in regards to teaching black history, um, it's American history. I mean, black history is American history, period. So. Of course I believe in teaching black history and not just the people that we know about, the unsung heroes who help make our country exactly what it is today. And if you look at Germany, do they shy away from teaching the Holocaust? Absolutely not. They lean into the atrocity and they say never again. Of course we should teach about slavery that helped build this country on the backs of free labor to be one of the best countries out there. And not shy away from things are, that are uncomfortable. Because once you start hiding things from students, they don't trust you. When they learn they've 
learned, when they realize they've learned like a whitewashed version of history, they're not going to trust the education system. So absolutely, we should teach all history because black history is American history. That's Jessica Vaughn, the incumbent in School District 3 in Hillsborough County. Her challenger is Angela Pimento Fullwood. The definition of critical race theory, again, just like Jessica Vaughn said, there is no definition. There is no critical race theory. That's a made-up term, political made-up term. Should we teach uh, black history in our schools? Of course, absolutely. I am a descendant of a slave, an enslaved person who was brought here from Africa for free labor. I want my children and every other child in this world to understand the atrocities. It does not have to hurt people's feelings who are living today, but it is a truth. And all of us want truth in our lives. We talk about legislation, talking about truths with not being able to call a she a he because you want to be truth to their gender. Then be truth in everything. You, 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 you want to create a, a, a curriculum that is washed down and saying that someone that the slaves learned from slavery is nonsense. It was painful and women were raped and children were taken from their parents. And I'm over my time, but yes, it should be taught at age appropriate level. That was Angela Pimento Fullwood. Coming up is Julie McGill. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. McGill. So history, history is our history. We don't need to sugarcoat it. We cannot learn from our mistakes if we don't go back and look at them. Every child should know black history, the Spanish-American War, the American Revolution. This is where we come from. We're Americans. This is what we were built on. As far as critical race theory, um, I do believe it existed. The state of Florida banned it. It was extremely divisive, and it put one group of kids... um, above another. Uh, it, it was not a good thing. I'm glad we banned it, and I hope we never see it again. That was Julie McGill. Coming up is Nadia Combs. I agree with a, a couple of the people up here. Critical race theory, I mean, that's once again a distraction. I don't even know what that means. It's so distracting from what's really happening. I was a social studies teacher for a long time. I feel like black history should be taught all the time, not just one month. You know, we should be teaching about history constantly. I'm a really, I taught middle school, high school social studies, and I think teaching about history, teaching about our ancestors, teaching about where we came from, teaching about diversity is very important. When I look around this room, you know, uh, one day our future students will be here. We want them to know everything about where we came from, what happened to us, who we are, so we don't make the same mistakes over and over. When you see the divisiveness that's happening in our country right now, you worry, is there going to be another civil war? What's going to happen to our country? So instead of fighting for differences, we should be fighting for making sure that black history and also every other history is really taught in our classroom, and we should be proud of that instead of walking away from it. 
Well, that is Nadia Combs. And before that, we heard her challenger in District 1 Hillsborough County School Board race, Julie McGill. And we got a comment in that was emailed in from Greg, who said, whoever the heck Julie McGill is, she just scapegoated students, teachers, and the teacher union representatives. And I'm sick of the right with their new McCarthyism. It's, and Greg says a word I'm not going to read on the radio. And then Greg continues to say, I'm implying that students are ignorant and that teachers and their union do not have the best interests of students in mind is a lie. He says, um, Republicans need to stop lying. And he goes on to say that the right are the ones pushing the Christian fascist, fascist indoctrination of our children. So that's an email that came in from Greg and you can email as well, dj at wmnf.org. You can send us a text at 813-433-0885. If you do send a text or an email, let me know where you're writing from and what your name is. This is Tuesday Cafe. We're broadcasting from the studios of WMNF Tampa. I'm Sean Canan, and I'd like to hear from you about these Hillsborough School Board races. Do you know who you're voting for or what issues in education are important to you when you make your decision about voting for school board members? We're going to continue with this forum. We're going to hear next about uh, certain how, how uh, teachers let the district know about their problems. So here are the candidates again, and uh, you're listening to Tuesday Cafe on WMNF Tampa. Hello, Jennifer Shiver, educator. There is a current um, climate of fear and just disregard for us as educators as far as if we see something that is a blatant ethical violation or if we see a blatant disregard for taxpayer dollars, if we complain about that or if we speak out against that, we are labeled as a troublemaker or we are labeled as unit loss, whatever. If we bring CTA into that, it seems to make the problem worse. So current board members, what are you doing to make sure that we are supported as educators if we want to bring and use our voice to bring things that are happening to you? And for those of you that want to earn my vote, what will you do to support us in those efforts in the future? I thank you for that question. Um, this is Angela Pimento Fullwood. With teacher unions, I know that that's one of the changes um, in the legislation that is cutting back on teachers being able to pay into unions um, to help with, as far as when I was a teacher, I was a part of the teach CTA union. You need that support. And we are, at this board level, I know we have time where teachers can come and express their concerns freely, openly, and the board members, as, as a board member, I will definitely listen. There are, um, I have been listening to not only teachers, but to uh, support staff. There are principal secretaries in this district who aren't represented and because they're considered management and they feel that it's not fair when they have complaints, they have no representation. So I would love for someone to look at helping with teacher, with those principal secretaries and some of those non-represented staff members to be able to pay into a CTA to have representation. We'll go to Ms. McGill. That was Angela First Pimento of all, I'd forward. like to know who labels you as a troublemaker. If you do have a complaint like that, I would definitely put a protection program in place for teachers that are bold enough to speak up against what they feel is wrong. 
um, I know you feel alienated. Um, it's a shame because if you're trying to do the right thing and being labeled for that, that has to stop. Um, I, I'm going to be running out of time. <laughs> um, if I'm on the board, I will definitely make that a priority, um, as well as, as making you, your salaries higher because of what you do have to put up with on a daily basis. Parents tend to take liberty of schools as, as daycare sometimes, and it's unfortunate that you have to go through some of the things you have to go through. That was Julie Scums. McGill. Coming next First is of all, Combs. Jennifer, I'm really sorry to hear that. And I know that when you've contacted me every time, I've always responded. I think the first and most important thing is to be able to go to CTA. And also, we need to have maybe some type of anonymous you know, program where the teachers can um, voice their concerns. I will say well, the one thing about me is I am very accessible. I go to every one of my schools all the time. There's not a parent or a teacher that can come and tell you that I have not listened or heard their voices and reacted on that. If it's social media and the back of my card, that's my personal cell phone number. Even on the way today, I talked to two parents and a teacher because that's how important it is for me to hear. And I know for you, Jennifer, every time you've contacted me, I've always followed up. Even though you don't live in my district, district, the entire district is my responsibility. So I think it's very important that teachers feel safe, they can be heard, because at the end of the day, the teachers are the most important people. That's what students see every day, and we want to make sure that you feel comfortable, and we want to continue to work on that. That was Nadia Combs, the Thank incumbent you. in District First 1. First of all, this is Jessica I echo Vaughan. Um, Member Combs' sentiments. Hearing that breaks my heart. Um, since day one, I ran on a platform of supporting all of our educators and our support staff. Um, and to hear that there is still a, a culture of fear breaks my heart. I think together as a board, we, with the new superintendent, we have all worked very hard on culture and climate. And I know that for me, the number one thing that I focus on is making sure that our employees feel empowered and supported. So when you look for leadership, there are leaders who, you know, want to hide the things that we could do to make things better, or there are leaders who lead in and say, what can we do to make things better? Similar to Member Combs, I'm in my schools almost every single day, and I'm not there just to see what's going on. I show up and I say to our teachers and our support staff, what can we do to support you and do a better job? So I think being accessible, focusing on a culture and climate that empower our employees and look for ways to make things better, because the better that we all are, the better that our students and our community are. Thank you. That was Jessica Vaughn. And next up, we're going to hear uh, more qu another question. And this one goes back to that, uh, that, that one we heard earlier about students and teacher union reps, the one that Greg was commenting on. So let's first hear that question. And then the first answer, of course, will be Julie McGill responding to um, what she had talked about earlier. So this is Tuesday Cafe. You're listening to Hillsborough County School Board Candidates. Ms. McGill, Gene uh, uh, Suited, uh, you mentioned that uh, you didn't think it was appropriate for uh, student leaders to be uh, in conversations with uh, teachers, union leaders. Uh, so I'm curious if you can elaborate on why you think students should not be involved in any conversation that has to do with their futures, and if there are any other conversations you think students shouldn't be involved in having to do with their future. Do you want others to answer that or just Ms. McGill? Okay. We'll this is Julie McGill. Okay, I am not quite sure I understand your question or a statement that I made. You were saying, you made a statement earlier talking about 
sorry. You made a statement earlier. You were talking about uh, student leaders being involved in, at the same table with you. You, met, you said union leaders. I assume you meant teachers, union leaders. Uh, it was uh, the conversation about banning books. So, if it has to do with the students' future, I didn't know why you thought it was inappropriate for a student to be involved in that conversation. Okay, um, because it was. If you were there, you would know. They, they put the most graphic stuff up on a screen in front of a probably 17-year-old girl asking her opinion on it in front of a bunch of adults. And to me, that, that was just not appropriate. Um, these, these are children. These are very impressionable teenagers. Why would you approve of, of an adult? a child, especially a girl, seeing that kind of graphics on a screen in a book committee. That's simply why. It's straight up pornography, yes. That's Julie McGill. They, it was on the screen. Mm -hmm. Does anyone else want to take this question or you don't have to? I, I, this I was is Nadia say, Combs. I mean, just the other day we had a high school forum where we had our students, and those are really, at the end of the day, our parents and our students are our customers. So to hear from students, I mean, you know, we're having students now work at a much younger age, so you're saying now it's, you can't hear their voice. So I think it's really important that we do hear from students. You know, they have a voice. These are students. There are students who are working multiple jobs. There are students who are supporting their, their brothers and sisters. So I think it's very important that students have a voice. They tell us when they were there. They talked a lot about their concerns with suspension. They talked about the ELL students, the big language learners. They, there were so many issues. They talked about the need for more technical vocational programs. So I think it's very, very important that we bring students into, the, into their involved and making decisions. Those are the students that you're saying they can't see the books. Why would they not be on part? Why wouldn't they have a voice in that, in that forum? Of course we. Those are, are the most important people are the students, so they absolutely should be in there. Ms. McGill. That was Nadia Combs, whose opponent is Julie McGill. I couldn't Next up agree is more. Jessica Bond. Um, I think that student voice is one of the missing pieces as decision makers, um, and they're the ones that we're making decisions about. When we talk about preparing for students for life, if we're not engaging them to figure out how they're emotionally doing, what they want, what works for them, and we're not listening to them, then we're doing a disservice to education. Um, so I believe that students should be at the table at almost every single decision, and I work with students to empower them, to show them how to make their voice feel heard, to make them feel comfortable expressing what's important to them. In fact, I'm working right now on a student-driven policy where students can actually contribute policies that they'd like to see in our schools. I'll champion it as a, as a board member. I'll bring it to my fellow board members because they need to be involved from beginning to end of a policy cycle to see what it's about. So I absolutely believe that our student voices should be a part of our decision-making process since they're the ones who are impacted by our decisions the most. That's Jessica Vaughn, the incumbent in District Ms. 3. Fullwood, this is her like opponent, Angela yes. Pimento Fullwood. I agree that um, students should have a voice. I was in the listening session at the board um, on Tuesday and listening to the voices of middle school students talk about how important um, their learning is, how time away from their learning is taking place, looking at um, phones, uh, cell phone bans, and, and they all had very interesting um, viewpoints and very knowledgeable um, answers to what it is they want. 
they are old enough. We we try to raise our children at, at during the middle school years to foster that independence. And their voices are important because they have to make the decision for their future. They were talking about how earlier in life they should have um, career a career wheel so they can determine where they want to go in their future earlier than middle school. And so I feel that students are very impressionable, but they are also very intelligent. And so for them to be able to help make those decisions, I 100% agree that they should be in those focus groups. That's Angela Pimento-Fullwood, one of the candidates for Hillsborough County School Board. We're hearing from four of them this hour on 88.5 FM. And we're on Tuesday Cafe. I'm Sean Canan, and we're broadcasting live from the studios of WMNF Tampa on the 20th of February, 2024. And David writes in, he says, I was curious about whether Terry Kempel is still running for school board. He seems to be a perpetual candidate and he was all about Moms for Liberty style culture war BS before that group even existed. And David goes on to say that it's a great discussion and it's important to cover local politics like this. So thank you for that comment, David. On the Hillsborough County Supervisor of Elections website, it lists all the candidates and Terry Kempel is not one of the candidates that's listed. So thanks for asking that question. And uh, when, we're going to continue now with the last couple of questions about closing an elementary school, just elementary, and also more about the culture wars. So here's more Hillsborough County School Board candidates talking, answering questions from Tampa Tiger Bay Club last Friday on 88.5 FM and on Tuesday Cafe. Good afternoon. This question is in t to the entire dais. Uh, my name is Denise, and I work with the Greater Tampa Realtor Association, and I'm standing here next to my mentor. So that's where the courage for this question comes, because it comes out of frustration. I've called the board more than a couple of times for one of my clients. There is a charter school that has been closed for some time. It had a failing grade. This particular client has a grant. And one of the very unique pillars for her business model is to make sure that she handles recidivism. Children are not getting in trouble anymore. The school is sitting empty and it could be utilized. She has a grant to be able to pay the school board for it. Every time I call, I'm told that the board hasn't made a decision yet. What are you guys doing with schools that are closed? We'll start back with Ms. Combs. It, it's a little bit similar and different. At the end of the day, I was elected to do what's, what's best for students. And at Just Elementary was one, probably one of the hardest votes for me. But at the end of the day, we cannot keep schools that are really under-enrolled by 70, 80% and keep them open. And at Just Elementary, 14 out of 28 of those teachers were substitute teachers. That is unfair for students. I have to think at the end of the day, every vote I make is what's best for students. When 14 out of 28 of those students did not have you know, a regular teacher, that's an issue. And 97% of those students were not reading proficient. So we do have a big plan for just elementary, a bigger plan in, in the future to work on that. We need to really work on those Title I schools. That's why I think about affordable housing, different issues. As a lifelong educator, I know there's two factors that impact students the most. That's class size and the quality of the teacher. We have to have qualified teachers with our most vulnerable students. That 
That is a fact. That is what's going to impact everybody. It's going to impact their lives. It's also going to impact, you know, crime. It's going to impact homelessness. We've got to invest in our students. That was Nadia Combs. Okay, thank you for this clarification. Um, just to be clear, I did not vote to close Joss because I felt that our community was coming to us and saying they were going to wrap their arms around that school. And I believe in leaning into our communities and listening to them and hearing what they want from us as far as educators, especially right now with so much school choice going on. However, my hope for Just was either one, we were going to bring Montessori in there because I helped bring our first public Montessori to Hillsborough County in Esrig to make it accessible. Um, or turn it into uh, a school that models itself after our historical black colleges and university with a house model to really help our kids have some motivation in education. However, unfortunately, it did close. I know right now they're utilizing it as a district office and I agree with Member Combs that they have big plans for what it's going to look like. So while we may have gotten there in a different direction, I do believe that school is going to reopen and it's going to be a great asset to our community. And as the board, that's what we're here to do is make sure that all the decisions that we make impact our community in the most impactful way. So thank you. That was Jessica Vaughn. This is coming up. Angela Pimento-Fullwood, her challenger. I thank member Vaughn for her vote no. When we're looking at failing schools what I don't like to call them failing schools, but turnaround schools, we should never get to a point where we have to vote to close a school. Instead, we need to think forward, putting in proper procedures for turnaround. First, what you need is an effective principal. If we have an effective principal in the school who's gonna hire highly qualified teachers, create a culture of love and respect for one another, also, those teachers would be, would be in, intrigued and learn more going through professional development to hone their skills. Those students would be engaged. You would, learning would be taking place. And then parental involvement is the last piece, encouraging parent involvement in, 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 in the schools. All of that is for turnaround. And research shows that with all of those ingredients in a great school improvement plan, utilizing funding that's given to them to purchase materials that all students are gonna use and benefit from, those are the things, and those are the things that are needed. We would not get to a closed school because you have all of those successes put in place to make their lives better. That was Angela Pimento-Fullwood. Coming up next is Julie McGill. I knew McGill. you were speaking about just when you stood up, even though you said charter school. I visited that school. It's a ghost town right now. Uh, I mentioned I'm a real estate broker. That school was let to be, let to, left to fail. Uh, when you have mostly substitute teachers in a school, we all know that's a free day. And kids are not going to take that classroom seriously with a substitute. That school had 300, nearly 300 kids that were shipped to Tampa Bay Elementary School, and I can't think of the other name of the other school. It overloaded Tampa Bay Elementary School. So I wanna know what was the thought pattern to letting that school be closed and just overload another school? I have to think it's a real estate grab. It's riverfront property. It should never have been closed. It should have been fixed. Uh, Patrick Baskett, I know it's a shocker to everybody in this room that I no longer have children in school. 
but I do remember having children in school. Uh, but first, 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 thank you for all of you for holding office and standing for office. You honor us by your candidacy, and so thank you. I too am flummoxed by the terms of critical race and wokeism. I don't have a clue what they mean. But I, what, I, what I'm grappling with is how does waging these cultural wars in public schools help educate our children, increase their math and history and, and, and uh, their English scores? I don't understand it. So please explain to me how these cultural wars uh, will increase the education uh, and the value of education to our students. Thank you. I should have noted that this is actually going to be our last question. So the Garfield committee. And this is Jessica Vaughn with the first yeah, response. We'll Vaughn. Oh, me. Um, well, first of all, thank you for your question. Um, as probably the only panelist and maybe um, the only school board member that has a child in our public edu school education system. Um, I see firsthand not only as a school board member, as an educator, or as a community member, but as a parent, you know, the challenges that that faces. And unfortunately, while I have to believe that maybe some of the intent of the culture wars is good, it's done nothing but cause chaos within an already fragile public education system. Um, and so it's really unfortunate because it doesn't allow us to focus on the things that we really need to, which is literacy rates number one, right? If our kids can't read, they can't be successful in any other um, part of school, of education. So the number one thing that we should be focusing on is how we get our young readers to read at an early age and read successfully. All the other stuff that's culture wars and these kind of manufactured parental rights, parents have always had rights. Teachers have always wanted to work with um, parents and so I think it's really unfortunate that there's been all of this misinformation that's caused a huge amount of chaos and not allowed to focus on what's best for our kids. That was Jessica Vaughn, District 1, District I 3 I agree that cultural rewards do nothing for our school system. This is we Angela need to Pimento be focused forward. on education, educating our students. We need to be focused on our budgets. We need to be focused on graduation rates. We need to be focused on uh, closing achievement gaps. And we even need to focus on early literacy. Our students, a lot of them are coming in two to three years already below grade level when they come in. COVID that year did not do any good. Those kindergartners are now in fourth grade and a lot of them are behind. We don't have time to be piddling around with minute issues. Some of our students are suffering emotionally, they're suffering um, physically, and, 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 and there are a lot of other issues that need to take place. Our teachers are, some of them are unhappy. We need to find a, a common ground. One thing that I did learn at the student summit, that the students loved the diversity in their schools. It's the adults that are having a problem with different people and different races. This is Angela Pimento Fullwood. And so we should not even bring it up because they're not even thinking about the color of someone's skin or the, or the religion that someone is, 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 is um, going on. Uh, are, are, are in. They're not even focused on that. So we, they, they are hungry. They are a sponge for learning, and that's what they discuss at that forum, that we just want to learn. We want our teachers respected, and we want to grow. We want to stop the fights. We, we don't want to see inequities in those fights. I, we heard those things, and the, the students are acting way more mature than the, than the adults are. 
That was Angela Pimento Fullwood. Next up is Julie McGill. Ms. McGill, go ahead. Yeah. So cultural wars in schools, politics in schools, religion in schools, pronouns, none of that is beneficial to what the kids are actually there for. They're there to learn to read, to do math, science, learn about our history. There's no room for any of this fluff that we keep trying to kick the can down the road and, and say it doesn't exist. But you know this board has had long enough to decide on that. Now we're sitting at this table deciding that, oh, it's not proper. But where were you a couple years ago when this was a big issue and you're voting for programs that supported it? So that's what I would ask. Thank you. I am very proud, Ms. McGill, that our school district has not been involved in the cultural wars. We stayed away from that. We've actually, our focus has been preparing students for life, which means focusing on early childhood, college ready, graduation rates, and also technical and vocational programs. This when you talk, a, talk about cultural wars, what it is, it's a distraction from what's happening is our students, you know, our teachers are funded 50th in the nation with the highest inflation rate in the entire country here in Hillsborough County. Our teachers can't afford to live here. We, lose, I, we lost three administrators just in the last couple months to go to Pinellas County. And at the end of the day, young people are not going into education. Teachers are scared to teach. Teachers are worried that someone is going to film them. You know, it's, it, there's just, there's, you know, it's very sad. Education is the backbone of our country. It is the most important thing. That's what allows, it is our biggest asset, our students. But instead, we're focusing on cultural wars instead of really educating students and instead of making sure that they're really, really strong citizens and they can have a great education and be part of the solution to make our country better. So I think it's really sad. We need to focus, get away from the cultural wars and continue focusing on getting students prepared for life. Thank you. I think you all. Well, that was that Nadia Combs. And before that, we heard Julie McGill. Nadia Combs is the District 1 incumbent in the Hillsborough County School District. She's being challenged by Julie McGill. The District 3 incumbent is Jessica Vaughn, and she has two challengers. We heard from Angela Pimento Fullwood. Bonnie Lambert was invited but did not attend because she was sick. I want to thank our phone team, John, including John Dunn and Marilyn. You've been listening to Tuesday Cafe. I'm Sean Canaan, News and Public Affairs Director here at WMNF Tampa. During this time slot tomorrow, Shelly Reback will host Midpoint. Coming up next is Wavemakers with Janet and Tom Sherberger. Their Wavemaker today is Bill DeYoung, author of Vintage St. Pete, Snapshots and Stories from Days Gone By. So I hope you stay tuned for that. Hey, our spring fun drive begins a week begins tomorrow that is and I hope that you'll support Tuesday Cafe and WMNF you can make a donation right now at WMNF.org if you enjoy the public affairs that we bring you here on 88.5 FM this has been Tuesday Cafe coming to you live on February 20th 2024 from the studios of WMNF Tampa St. Petersburg Sarasota and Lakeland thanks so much for your support of community radio mm-hmm.